I'm Zoe Adams and I'm a PhD candidate in law. I'm Anne-Sophie Claus. I'm also a PhD student at the University of Cambridge. Well, thank you very much indeed for talking to the CBR podcast series today at the inaugural Social Science and Law Interdisciplinary Conference. So if we begin by you, can you tell me the name of your paper? A Realistic Law and Economics. And what were you looking at and why? I was looking at the methods used in in mainstream law and economics and the implicit assumptions about the nature of the world in those methods and trying to explore the implications of some of those assumptions for the way that law and economics analyses the nature of law, the nature of markets and the relationship between law and social economic outcomes. And does that also relate to fairness? When you have a law, presumably nobody thinks of the economic consequences or whether the law is fair. My focus is not so much on on fairness as about understanding what the social problems we perceive. So we perceive there's a problem of inequality and what that problem actually is. So exploring what is the nature of inequality, what what sort of material relations and structures actually underpins inequality and what is the role of law within that. Now obviously fairness is something that I'm, I'm, I, I, I advocate but I'm going much deeper than that in sense of saying well we first need to know how the world operates before we can even think about conceptions of fairness. Where do our conceptions of fairness come from? How does it relate to law and how might they be implemented in practice? They're the secondary questions but first what I'm saying is we need to understand what these problems are where they come from and how law and markets work. Is this a novel approach? Have others looked into it too? It's novel in the sense of the way I'm applying it and where. But critical realism is quite a... It's been practised in a lot of spheres. So it's been practised in economics, it's been practised in the social sciences, but few people have applied it to law. And even those that have applied it to, say, law and economics in a very, very basic or abstract sense, so I would say Aoki is an example, hasn't actually engaged with law but just generally institutions. So it is novel in that sense, yes. And finally, you you said it was a call to realism. Why did you say that? It's a call to realism to say that if law and economics is actually going to have a future, if it's going to be able to tell us anything meaningful, it's got to take this, this real, the critical realism approach seriously. And so I'm saying that the future, I'm not saying law and economics is bad, I'm saying law and economics needs to self-reform and needs to do so by drawing on insights from critical realism. Thank you, Zoe, for talking to us. I'll now turn to Anna. Tell me a little bit about your presentation, because you were looking at fairness and efficiency in the company. Indeed, I think the topic of the presentation was to understand to what extent is fairness required to get to an efficient corporate law regime, or to get to efficient corporate transactions. So rather than thinking that efficiency and fairness are somehow two different things, and that we only, as an, from an economic perspective, we should only look at, at efficiency and fairness can be an afterthought for other disciplines, I think we have to understand, either as economists or as corporate lawyers, how fairness considerations come into play in, in making sure we have efficiency in our corporate transactions. And how did you go about looking at this? What was your approach? The starting point um, of this kind of approach is, of course, to look at what does the standard literature say on efficiency and then dig deeper. Why do they say a specific outcome is efficient and what kind of metrics do they use to measure what is efficient? But, of course, it's not enough to say something is efficient. We have to understand what 
what basis uh, is used for making such a broad claim, especially if we're going to start using efficiency arguments uh, in a policy context and making recommendations to governments about, about what kind of policies, uh, corporate law policies or economic policies we should be uh, implementing. So it's very, very important to understand what is efficiency? Are we talking about efficiency of a transaction? Are we talking about efficiency at a social level? Um, how do we measure that? And I think that's something that perhaps we are insufficiently aware of. The limits of how we measure efficiency have an impact on the limits of our policy recommendations. And is that a novel approach too? So is it a, her approach was novel, but yours, by introducing the word fairness and efficiency into corporate law, that must be new. I think it's definitely a rare approach. I think most most discussions by far are only about efficiency and seem to imply that, that that's only the only thing that should matter, even though I think ultimately most of the authors who use the efficiency metrics uh, would agree that fairness is important, perhaps not something that they, however, should address as corporate lawyers. I think many scholars have looked at how efficiency should matter and how also fairness norms should matter and how to balance the two against each other. What is novel or relatively um, little featured in, in corporate law debates is how does fairness, to what extent is fairness a condition for corporate efficiency? So I think that's something that, if not novel, then definitely under underrepresented in the literature that I try to address. And just finally to both of you, this is the inaugural social science and law interdisciplinary conference. Was it important for you to be able to speak at this conference and put your new ideas to the delegates here? I think it's always good to get a highly critical and multidisciplinary panel and an audience especially. Um, so yes, for me, it was very important to get uh, comments from non-lawyers, economists, political scientists or whatever discipline they are from because they raise questions that we would not think about. And especially when you start from the mainstream literature, these are questions that we would not see there and that I may not have thought about myself. So it's, it's great actually to have this interdisciplinary audience highly critical of any assumption we make in law. Yeah, so I think the basic tenet of my whole approach is that we can't confine our study to one sphere. So by definition, interdisciplinarity is extremely important. So from that perspective, this the very idea of this conference is consistent with my research. So in that sense, yes, it was important. But it's also important to get different perspectives because you get very locked into a legal perspective or a law and economics perspective. And so actually just to have exposure to other ideas is extremely helpful. Zoe and and Sophie, thank you very much indeed for talking to the CBR podcast series today about the inaugural social science and law interdisciplinary conference. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.